Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Welcome back to the Self-Reliant Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave Deal and I'm your host. Today's guest takes us a little bit more in depth onto how to protect yourself, your family, and all of your assets. Mr. Michael Glassford is a trust attorney. He's been in the industry for quite some time now and he helps his clients whether it's taking care of their business, their financial situation, uh, their families, truly understanding how to protect them using the legal system. And this is something I think a lot of times gets missed out on. Uh, It's better to start early and make sure that your things are protected so that you don't get down the road and run into some major difficult. So Mr. Glassford, come on out and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, Yeah, like you said, I I work with clients I like to work with the business minded entrepreneur, entrepreneur folks that are are self-driven. And so we want to make sure that all of that hard work and and blood, sweat and tears is protected uh, because we, we usually as an entrepreneur, we're the last to get paid and we're the last to protect ourselves. And so we just want to change that script a little bit. I love it, man. Um, What led you to, get into the industry? I mean, I know law is something that it takes a certain type of person to really get in there, love it and be able to make a difference. But what led you down that path? So my story is a bunch of, you know, actually limiting beliefs. I I started, I've always wanted to be a writer and I, I am, I'm published. Uh, but I knew that that's a, you know, a poor man's way to go. And so I had to have something to feed the addiction. And so law Law seemed an appropriate um, profession, and uh, then I'm, I've always been an entrepreneur. You know, in seventh grade, I was I was a kid selling fireballs because there was nothing specifically special about me. I wasn't the biggest, I wasn't the strongest, I wasn't the fastest. But if you mess with me, I could cut you off on your fireball distribution, and so you know that made me somebody, right? And uh, I got entrepreneurship in my blood, and and so the, with those two, you know, I want to be a writer, I want to be a business person, and just the thought of, Hey, if I'm my own attorney, then I can trust him. Well, actually going to law school and, and, and being in business for, for 16 years now, I know that's not true. If you have your own attorney, if you're your own attorney, you have an idiot for an attorney or a dumb client. <laughs> um, but it's, that was the beginning of, of how I kind of came to that conclusion. Let's go to law school. That sounds fun. Yeah, well, that definitely <laughs> makes sense. And I mean, that that's no uh, short endeavor either. No, 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 not so much. And I really enjoyed law school. If I could have figured out how to be a you know, perpetual student without having to be a professor, I would have done that. But I, I didn't want to wear the jacket with the patches on the shoulders and things like that. But uh, <laughs> got out of law school real quick and, and I opened a general practice in Missouri and, and pretty much came anything that came in the door is what I, I did. So I I had a very um, grounding youth as an attorney. I, I did criminal law and, and family law and state planning and, and, and some business planning. 
Um, and then over the, over the years, I've been able to, you know, fine tune. I came to Utah, dropped a lot of those practices out of my practice. And now it's, it's a focus on estate planning, but the business law is still not very far behind because they're so intertwined in, in making sure that, you know, if your business isn't set up and you don't have a succession plan there either, then your estate plan isn't really well put together. So I still have a lot of um, space in both of those arenas. Well, and I'm sure that you have just such a, a plethora of knowledge and experience and stories, like really seeing the after effects of what can go wrong in situations and what happens when people aren't protected. And, you know, I know this is something that's been on the back of my mind for quite some time as I've got, you know, a couple of kids now and, you know, it's, it's been there, but I haven't done it. Uh, but again, I think that's probably your ideal client is those types of people in that situation. But, you know, from your experience, like, this is a major thing, right? I mean, this is something that needs to be taken seriously. It needs to be a high priority, a high focus, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? I mean, absolutely. So like, you know, again, you know, as we cut our teeth as an attorney, most attorneys start off as, as litigators. And so I spent a lot of hours in the courtroom and seeing all of the worst of humanity and all of the worst of possibilities that can happen. And, you know, when people say nine times out of 10, we got to see the 10th time all the time in court and it's not pretty. And, you know, I gave a speech yesterday that, you know, a lot of clients come to me after they've suffered that loss or had that horrible experience and that's okay. I'm here for them. But my goal is to teach folks, let's be ready for that before it happens. You know, we can't anticipate the loss. We can't anticipate the tragedy, but we can be prepared for what happens next. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, as far as a timeline, when is really, you know, in your opinion, when is the best time to really start going down this path of looking at estate planning, making sure your business is sound? I mean, is it just starting out like, hey, I just filed my entity, you know, I did it myself or like, what's the best time to really start looking at this stuff? So conceptually, the best time to, to do it is when, the first time you tip time. Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, but, you know, theoretically, I think the sooner the better. Um, you know, we have way, way too many businesses and people giving advice because they've done it themselves to just go on the state's website and, and form your entity. So there's a difference in words and, and forming your entity is not the same as registering your entity. And about, you know, I'd say 75 to almost 90% of businesses in Utah have registered their entity, but they've done nothing to form it. And they haven't had any issues yet. Mm. But when they do, those issues are devastating if they haven't really done what was required in the first place. And, you know, especially in Utah, there's this huge disclaimer on the, on the registration page because we use the same format to register our clients. We all go to that space to play. But we do more things after registration. And it says, you know, please talk to an attorney. This is, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then I'll see, you know, posts on Facebook like, oh, it's easy. You just pay your $70 and you're done. And if you make a mistake, they'll tell you that you made a mistake. No, if you click the wrong button, it might tell you that you got to reclick. But it's not going to tell you that if you have a partner and you put in $100,000 and the partner's putting in sweat equity, the state's operating agreement for you means if you dissolve, 
you're entitled to only 50% of that equity. The sweat equity partner gets the other 50%. No, they didn't tell you that when you registered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure, again, hindsight's 2020, right? And people realize, oh, wow, I wish I would have done this before. But, you know, I think maybe it's the, I mean, what what is that barrier? What is that uh, mindset, if you will, that keeps people from coming to you? Is it, oh, crap, I've got to pay an attorney? Is it, I don't trust attorneys? Like, what what really is that makeup of, of what it is that keeps people from doing that? So there's a, there's a lot of limiting beliefs out there, but there's also a lot of valid reasons that people have that they don't come to an attorney and maybe they've been burned before. Maybe they don't, they don't think they're ready. They don't think they have enough money. What, whatever that is, it's just pride and you got to get over that, whatever that limiting belief is and, and just have the next conversation, you know, find an attorney that you drive with that you can talk with and talk about it. You know, most attorneys aren't going to charge you to just talk about it. And we forget that. And, you know, I have this philosophy, if you're driving down the road and you have this burning question for your business or your family, and uh, you're like, oh, I don't want to call the attorney. That's too expensive. Well, you know, maybe the phone call would be 5750. But the, the result of not making that phone call and making an improper decision is, you know, 50 grand because you got sued or because you filed wrong and you didn't do it right. And now you have fees from IRS. You know, that's a huge, huge problem. But we, uh, we often in business, especially the entrepreneur mind, we, uh, we, we trip over dollars to pick up pennies. And uh, we just don't see investing in ourselves, investing in our business and our family's security as part of the plan until maybe we hit a, a rough patch. And that's sometimes too late. Mm. Sound advice, man. Sound advice. So, you know, when somebody comes to you for the first time, what does that process look like? Do you do like a consult? Do you just walk through their business? Is it more of question and answer? What, uh, what does that look like? So it's a, it's a, it's a chat session. You know, I really prefer when, when, when they reach out, you know, whether it's whatever the medium, but we're going to, we're just going to chat about it and, and talk, see what they're thinking, see what they're, what's important to them. And then match what I can offer them to what they're what they're talking about because we definitely don't want to give them too much we don't want to oversell things that's not important we want to really put them in connection with the resources that are going to give them the protection they need the systems that they need the structure they need and then move forward a lot of uh, new uh, businesses they think it's too soon for LLC because oh I'm not it's not there yet. I don't even have any employees, but there's several reasons to start it now and, and then build into it. You know, my favorite analogy is when they built Rome, they built the sewer systems, even though there weren't people, because when the stuff comes, it's really nice to have someone for it to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Absolutely. So you build a little bigger, you know, to start and you invest a little bit to, to get going. Um, and, and the, the death to business is not having clients, not, not having any money. But the second death to business is to have to slow down, to lose your momentum because you weren't ready for the growth. Mm. Yeah, no. And I'm sure you see that over and over again, for sure. And, you know, it applies in, in your business and in your family, uh, you know, switching kind of to trust law. A lot of folks think, well, I'll get that when I arrive, you know, I'll protect my, I'll make my, my kids trust fund babies when I arrive there. But I don't think you'll ever get there without that vehicle. It is a vehicle. You, get, you, you, can't, you can't travel by foot and then buy the car. 
buy the car first and then arrive in style. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. That totally makes sense. So, you know, what advice would you have to somebody that says, okay, I know I need this now. Um, I want to start looking out and I guess interviewing attorneys. What, what is something that you would tell them to look for? Like, how do you select a good attorney? So I think the first part of selecting an attorney is to be familiar with them. You know, how are they reaching out? Are they on social media? Do they have TV commercials, radio commercials? What's your interface with them to begin with? And is it someone that you can work with? You know, I, I have a personal mantra of smile. And if I can't smile with you or find your smile because of what I do for you, I don't want to be your attorney. So I have criteria for the client and the client should have criteria for me, you know, something similar or, you know, if we can't communicate, if it's going to be like pulling teeth to get an answer to, you know, well, he's really good, but you know, he's really hard to talk to That's a red flag because really hard to talk to means, especially if they're billing by the hour, an expensive bill. Yeah. You know, I can, back when I did divorce, you know, we'll put it in Missouri, uh, I could tell when someone came into the office if that that case was going to be a $5,000 case or a $50,000 case by how much they needed me to hold their hand. Mm. You know, not, not even getting into the facts yet. But so it's like you do need to create that relationship with the attorney. And if, if, if it's going to be a harder relationship, talk to another one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice because there are many attorneys out there. And I think you said it right on, right? Pick one that you can actually communicate with, because again, that's what's going to help you get to where you want to go. And it's probably going to save you money in the long term because you're not paying for build hours that shouldn't be because you couldn't communicate. So I think it is a a two-part conversation. You see it a lot too. Like, you know, people will just jump in with an attorney and then they'll, they'll make some Facebook post. you know, I'm struggling with my attorney and all of a sudden the bill's really high and what should I do? So, you know, stop. Let's, let's analyze that a little bit. They're on Facebook asking Facebook what they should do in a professional relationship. They've already fired the attorney. I mean, if they haven't, they need to because they no longer trust him or her. Um, They're asking the public. So if, if your relationship's broken down like that, stop. You know, the, the second that you ask someone else besides your professional, they're not your professional anymore, or they shouldn't be. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I think that's uh, one of the the downsides to having the access that social media gives us, right? <laughs> like you can put anything out there and anybody's got an opinion and a response and whether they're professional or not, you're going to get it. So know who you're asking, know your audience and make sure that it's good too from the beginning, right? It's like that validation fallacy. Like, you know, if I just put it out there and if someone says what I want them to say, then that was good. I'm good. That was golden advice. Um, No, just go talk to your professional. Hey, I don't think we're communicating very well. Or, hey, why is this bill so high? I, I need to understand the past so we can work better in the future. Or, you know what? I think we need to break up. Yep, yep. Um, you know, I think another topic going along that line is there, I mean, I know there is, but you know, to this end, if somebody has a certain question, is there a certain attorney to go to? I mean, I know there's specialties and certain, you know, attorneys focus on the law aspect or divorce or anything else. But, you know, if somebody says, oh, well, yeah, I cover pretty much all aspects of law. Um, should you be leery of that? Or should that be okay if they have, you know, a background in everything? So it's going to depend on, on the topic. Um, 
obviously a, a specialist is going to know more about that topic and or that the area of law they're going to be more expensive but you know if you put it on a scale if you're paying $300 for a specialist and $200 for a generalist and the generalist takes 15 hours to do your case but the specialist takes 5 mm. was their billables really an issue or right. you know you got you got a better result with the specialist sooner yeah. So it, it, it's, it's not necessarily how much do they charge or what they, they specialize in, but how well are they going to be able to get to the end result that you need? Mm, good way to look at it for sure. Um, what about the wins? What are some wins that you've seen because people said, Hey, you know what? I structured right in the beginning. I did this. Yeah. What are some of the, you know, the, the plus sides of, of making sure that you're covered? So one of my most favorite compliments, I'm, I'm in a Missouri Chamber of Commerce meeting and this huge Balkan farmer, he comes up to me and you know, he's probably like 350 pounds and he's like, Glassford, I got a bone to pick with you. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. What's going on? And he's like, you know, you set up my corporation a few years back. I'm like, yeah, we did. Do we have a problem? Uh, he says, well, I think I paid you too much money. I'm like, well, okay, you know, more, tell me more. And he says, well, I paid all that money and I've never had a problem. And I'm like throwing up my hands. I'm like, success. Yeah. You did it right. We don't want you to have problems. Um, and, you know, we, we talked through his couple of years of business and he had come up against some interesting things, but he, he was set up correctly. So he was ready to deal with them. And he truly had not had a problem. You know, I like the, the analogy of you can drive through the city or you can take that road that drives around the city. And both are intentional, but one completely avoids the city. Um, and that's, that's, that's what transactional planning in, in the legal world does, is we want to avoid all those problems. If you never smoke, you never have lung cancer, per se. Uh, yep. You'll never know the pain of that. And that's, that's our goal, is we don't want you to ever be in pain town. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good way to look at it. And a great analogy to using that story. Um, you know, maybe from even more of a, a life and business standpoint, you know, a lot of people get into business so that they can create a lifestyle or something. And, you know, what a, a tragedy to see that broken because there are tough stuff, you know, tough days in business for sure. But what a tragedy to see that broken because they weren't properly prepared what advice would you give to somebody just starting out um, in the business world, or maybe they've even been around for, you know, a few years, um, whether it be from a professional standpoint or just from a strictly, you know, what you've seen through all of your experience. So, I mean, be creative, like create your surroundings, create, you know, have a mentor or two in your profession, in your field, uh, have someone that you can lean on, uh, whether that's a, a professional relationship or just a mentor relationship. And then build out your team, you know, whether, whether you're, whether I'm on retainer as your attorney or not, at least, you know, me and you know, my number, um, you know, have a CPA's number, have a financial advisor's number, build out that team. So when the questions come, you have resources to call. Um, again, they don't have to be on a retainer, but they're just there and be involved in, in business associations. Well, that came out weird. associations, uh, <laughs> And, and, and be with like-minded people and take things, you know, take the advice that's given to you with a grain of salt. And, you know, you know, one of my, my favorite, I was in a writing conference and this author who's been very successful 
was telling the audience how you get a successful contract, you know, in, in a business contract for, for your book. And I'm sitting here thinking, he's the worst person to give us this advice because he <laughs> succeeded on the first try. Yeah. He has no idea what it, what it means to fail. And he has no idea what pitfalls to avoid not to fail because he was lucky the first go around. And so when you're in those associations and groups, you got to take that into consideration. Who am I talking to? What's their experience? Um, how many times have they failed? Mm. You know, when I, when I hear politicians failed a few times and they get back up on that horse, like Abe Lincoln, that actually encourages me to follow that person more than, than someone that's just been golden spoon successful their whole life. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I think it just goes back to, you know, building relationships. I mean, that's one of the, I think I, I'd attribute one of my greatest uh, understandings or lessons learned is it's all about the relationships in life and business. I mean, you can literally be one relationship away from one of the biggest financial movements ever in your life. You can be one relationship away from one of the best friends ever and being able to really build that as a skill or an attribute that you have where you can get to know somebody on a deeper level, really understand if they're the right fit for you, you know, keep that team tight knit and close, but those relationships build over a lifetime. And I mean, yeah, that's, that is the weight and gold right there. And I think, you know, I thought this as you were sharing that, that not only are we building the relationships to fortify the castle, but we also need to be in that open giving mindset where as we're learning, as you know, even though we're small, we're giving the widow's mite back to the community because you that's probably a more deepened relationship that you'll never know that will come around full circle. You know, my wife just recently served someone four years ago, and then they showed up in our lives this week and served her to a magnitude of you know a hundred times greater. And she never saw that coming. She never asked for it back. But that's part of that relationship. Go out and give of yourself, even, even as a new entrepreneur. I love it, man. Uh, what about from a life standpoint? I mean, you, you and I talked a little bit the other day and, you know, you, you, I think you and I align very well on lifestyle and um, you know, what, what you've been able to create, but what would you say to life? I mean, what advice for just living life would you give? So my mantra is it's your life, it's your story, make it a good one. And so we want to make sure that number one, you understand you're the author of your story. And if you don't like how the story's going, you're the first one that you need to look at to fix it. Um, recreate yourself. You know, if you're having a bad day, give more, do more. Um, and truly, you don't have to be rich to live the life you want. You live the life you want and abundance comes. And so it's a mindset shift and you really, you know, if you're, if you're a Dungeons and Dragons person, man, just be that person. If you're like, I'm a huge fantasy dork and we call our home, the, the Starford Shire. Uh, <laughs> we have a tree that looks just like Bilbo Baggins, 111th birthday party tree. You know, that's cool to us. I'm going to put a, a lantern out in our little trees that, that looks like lantern waste from Narnia. Um, awesome. I'm not big of a dork, but I hug it. I embrace it. And it actually gives me power and momentum in my own life. You know, even though I haven't reached all the financial goals I want yet, I'm living the life I want anyway. 
I love that, man. And, you know, I think going along with that is just recognizing the steps and the hurdles that you've overcome to get to that point, right? I mean, I feel like gratitude is something that that truly is is one of those things that no matter what situation you're in, how hard it is, how good it is, if you can recognize and be aware and be grateful for it, your life will be so much better and so much more blessed because of that. Absolutely. You know, it's it's all that mindset, you know, am I being... Am I even expressing gratitude for the things that I have or the things that could happen? Um, am I, am I looking at, you know, am I looking at my spouse and saying, she leaves the seat up or she does this or she does that? Am I spending my whole day being critical or am I spending my whole day fixing the things that I should be working on? Cause it's amazing when, when you're doing that kind of process, it doesn't necessarily matter that they did something. Sure that's out of your control and just going to drive you crazy anyways. <laughs> it's true. And there's, you can always look at life in two lenses, right? One as a blame and two as a, a gratitude and an opportunity. I mean, mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to. And I think it's, you know, especially in business and the entrepreneur, I think most people have that enthusiasm and that drive uh, and that, that gratitude component, but, you know, whether you're in business or not, I think that's something that can be taken away and that can be life-changing as a golden nugget from this episode. Absolutely. You know, just know who you are and, and accentuate that, you know, you weren't, you weren't put on this earth to, uh, to show your strength. You were put on this earth to overcome weakness. And so allow that process to take place and then be there for others. I love it, man. Well, as we're coming close on time here, I've got one more question, and this is one of my favorites to ask, and I do it on every episode, but the question is simply, and it goes along with what we've been talking about, but the question is, if you were given one more day to live on this earth, what wisdom or advice would you leave behind as your legacy? So to your family, friends, clients, whatever it would be, what would be that message that you'd leave behind? So I'm going to take a little spin on that because I think hopefully you're living a life where that day wouldn't be any different. And that's my goal, where that day wouldn't be any different, that I would do the things that I already am doing, that I would spend the time with the people that I already want to spend time with. Um, I think if you if you're, if find yourself scrambling for that answer and like, oh, what would I do? What would I do? You're probably not living in abundance. You're probably living in scarcity. So now it's time to do some self-reflection. But yeah, hopefully my answer would be I do what I do every day. That is a solid answer, man. And I think, again, there's lots of wisdom that can be taken from that. Um, because when you live true to yourself and you live a life with intention, you're exactly right. I mean, you wouldn't really change much. If you can teach that principle and that concept too, that, that is the legacy. Absolutely. Well, awesome, man. This has been a, a fantastic episode. I've really, really appreciated um, you taking the time. If someone wants to connect with you or, you know, do a console or whatever that looks like, what's the best way to get in touch? So lots of ways, but uh, just the website, www.legallifeplan.com. You can connect with me in a Zoom, a phone call or, or some other ways. There's links on the on the website to do that. Awesome. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. And, um, you know, as we're wrapping up, is there any final wisdom uh, thoughts that you have you'd like to share? I just thank you for having me on today. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Everybody out there, make sure to infuse hope to those in need by teaching correct principles that lead to result-driven action. Go out, make it a fantastic day, and we'll see you on the next episode. 
Are you tired of using 10 different platforms to manage your CRM, your Google My Business reviews, text campaigns, email campaigns, calendar invites, website builds? I was too. I used ClickFunnels, Kartra, Jotform, Calendly, you name it, I tried it. I came to the conclusion that I needed one software platform that could do all of this in one place. With Sluicebox, I was able to do all of this and more. Go check out sluicebox.io today to change your life and make it that much easier and that much more simple to manage all of your leads, all of your customers, and everybody in one spot. Sluicebox.io. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.